1: We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com.
2: This week, we talk about the anniversary event, the roster changes in the Overwatch League, and an unlikely Overwatch cameo.
1: hello hello everybody welcome to this week of the believe in overwatch league podcast we are on week 15 and it's just almost the end of may i think we're ending may what next week two weeks yeah Yeah,
2: next next week ish next week
1: ish yeah how has your week 15 been kevin
2: oh it it has been long um i know that a lot of my friends right now, they are going through school. A lot of people are still in school, uh, stay in school. Um, but for college students, usually this is like the end of the semester week. So any of you guys who are struggling with fi- finals listening to us, thank you for tuning in, but make sure you prioritize your grades uh, and get your projects done. Um, I've actually purposely shut off certain parts of my own discord so that <laughs> people who get distracted easily won't be able to join me when i play so i'm telling them like hey did you finish your project and they're like no but i want to play a game i'm like how much did you get done (laughs) and they're like let me show you and that's like if they're making progress and they're making sure that they're staying on time i'll be like all right i'll I'll let you play but other other than that like for the most part i just want my i want my you know my players to get good grades so that they can continue to play and that's something that's really really important to me um so, yeah, you guys are finishing up finals. Make sure that you are studying. Don't always procrastinate. I I know there's a new Overwatch event, and we're all excited to play it. But, yeah, manage your time. See, you're the
1: responsible friend. I'm the one who's just trying to distract <laughs> people as much as possible.
2: Yeah, I I used to be that way. I used to be, just be like, okay, I'm done with work. Who wants to play? And I'm like, now I'm like, all right, I'm going to make sure that you guys get your stuff done so that your parents don't get mad at you so then you can play with me later. Uh but yeah, honestly, it's it's just a really fun way of just keeping in touch, making sure everybody's getting their work done. Uh how about you? How are you surviving the current situations? I'm
1: okay, I guess. So um for the uh the other podcast that I'm gonna be editing now, we had our um how to edit with premiere workshop yesterday, and it's very different than what I remember, so it's a good thing I had a brush up. Um So eventually, probably starting next season, we do this. If I'm able to learn Premiere a lot better, I'm going to try doing editing on that and see how it compares to GarageBand. Because GarageBand, it's so simple. But it's also like there's not a lot you can really do with it. Whereas Premiere, it's like industry standard. So uh, I guess it's a lot better of a program. So
2: there's that. And
1: I don't really know what else has happened this week. That's about
2: it. Yeah, I've just been pretty much hanging tight until today. We are recording this as of Tuesday. Um, but yeah, all I've been doing is sitting quietly waiting for that uh, update to happen for Overwatch. And then I was like, I'm, I'm going to just binge like a ton of games today. So uh, yeah. that that's pretty much what I've been doing all day. It's just waiting for this event, figuring out what I am going to try to spend my credits on. Um, and then what am I playing? Yeah. See,
1: I th- I thought
2: that since
1: I was up playing till what 5 a.m. last night slash morning, I thought that it would be updating as I was playing. I was playing Tomb Raider, so um, it it turns out it-, it did not do that at all. So I turned on my PS4 today,
2: and it's like, "Hi, you have 10 hours of update to do left." And I'm like, "Shit." <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Um, what is it earlier? on twitter there, there was like that 30 gigabyte uh download for those of you who played uh modern warfare and, Ew, and I, 30 yeah, gigs yeah for like console and people are like oh man 30 gigs and it was just trending in the gaming section and i was like oh man that's a that's a killer update and i'm like overwatch is also having an update today so hopefully it's not 30 gigs but you know uh yeah hopefully we could that's just like a get whole game. It yeah Back it's a whole yeah it it is a whole new game like most games are like really small it's just allowing you to have that space but i i guess not
1: interesting do we want to start with the anniversary event since we were already talking about it
2: yeah yeah we can hop right in
1: cool uh so yep you've heard it here you probably already played it but the anniversary event dropped today may 19th and it's gonna go until june 9th so you have about what is that like 20 days to play i think there's like yeah. 31 days in may ish
0: yeah it's like 21 yes. days or
1: something um so like all the other anniversary events we're getting all the brawls back that we had in the other events so um for some reason they decided it'd be a good idea to start with lucio ball even though i'm pretty sure the entire gaming world would be okay never playing lucio ball again but it's okay tomorrow we get the junkenstein event which is still probably one of my favorite events um also we got a bunch of new skins we uh like the leak said we got the um masquerade reaper we've got the dragoon mercy even though why is it dragoon instead of dragon is there an explanation of that Two O's. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> uh, two O's makes a better skin, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, okay. And so we did get the uh, Little Red Riding Hood Ash skin, and I like we guessed it was gonna be a uh, werewolf Bob with the grandma's outfit on top of it, which I think is it's probably the best skin of the event. Also, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the Zenyatta skin. It's Huizillock chitli
2: yeah I, I don't i don't know either i can't uh, speak
1: aztec or mayan or i'm not sure what they're they're going for here uh,
2: but it's a it cool looks skin cool. yeah um personally i was i was looking forward to you know the little red ash skin um yeah but i'm also a huge fan of the submarine hammond um, i
1: love his little mustache he's a he's a he, little captain in his submarine
2: yeah, it's, it's just such a nice skin, in my opinion. Um, you, you cannot discount Hammond's Mustache. And they do have the, uh, the icon for it as well. So if you are looking for that in the crate, they have that as well. Um, another cool thing to mention right now, if you guys ever missed out on a skin in the past um, that you really, really want, the anniversary event is one of the very few events where you can buy pretty much any skin. Um, there are some that are locked. I think it's from like either the previous like three events. They're they're still locked, but anything else is free to buy with credits. We also do have the return of the weekly challenges. So
1: for the first week, if you get your nine wins, you get the carbon fiber sigma. Uh, next week, I think you called it the Louis Vuitton uh, Widowmaker, but yeah. it's uh, it's Fleur de Lis Widowmaker. And then Masked Man McCree is week three. Although, Kevin and I were talking about it. It's like, McCree already has two skins that look like this. So, that, I don't know what they were thinking here. It just feels kind of lazy.
2: Yeah. I I called it the Louis Vuitton skin for for the Widow thing. Because, like, if you look at her leg, it looks like every single Louis Vuitton <laughs> purse. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, honestly, the, the Masked Man one is kind of a question mark to me. It's It's cool that we get another skin like this. But at the same time i feel like we've, we've seen the skin like a, a ton of times already so um yeah I, i'm i'm on the road to get my carbon fiber sigma for sure
1: so what do you think about the dragon mercy skin this is the one that's causing a lot of back and forth online on twitter and facebook
2: um personally i i don't like the color of it that's just me personally um uh-huh i i do think the concept was pretty cool um if it were like red red and black instead of like the green and gray that they have going on right now um i probably would have liked it a little bit more um but yeah i I feel like the helmet's a little clunky on her i'm okay
1: with the color scheme like that's not the issue for me the issue for me is the headpiece like conceptually it's fine like people are saying we wanted a a badass mercy skin not like a cute not like a sexy mercy skin for a while and they finally delivered but it's just there's too much stuff around her face it just it doesn't look good to me
2: yeah yeah i do agree with that i I feel like if she had a more streamlined helmet maybe like maybe not the stuff that's like around her face maybe just the headpiece for the for the dragon like head i think that would be pretty cool um but yeah, honestly, uh, it is what it is. It is a cool skin that we have for this event. But I do understand if people are like on the on the fence of whether to get it or not.
1: Another thing about having a Dragon Mercy is that it sparked a lot of fan art. So there's fan art of Dragon Mercy and Dragon Pharah, and then there's fan art of Dragon Mercy and Genji. It's like it's inciting both fans of the ship Mercy, uh fan base so where
2: where do you lie on that do you are you genji or are you pharmacy okay pharmacy is just a good ship just because like it works in game but like lore wise we know that you know the genji mercy thing is a thing as well so i do understand if they're appealing to both sides of the crowd with this um the one literally rules the sky and one's literally like cute interactions that they have between each other in game Um, but yeah, I feel like it's, it's really cool, um, that they kind of went with this. If they leaned one way or another, like if the dragon skin was more in line with like, or the same color scheme as far as, then it would lean that way. Um, but if like the dragon headpiece was more, uh, like Japanese or Chinese influenced, it might lean more towards Genji. So it's kind of like, it's a solid middle ground.
1: Okay. Okay. I see it. I'm def- I'm obviously I'm Team Pharmacy, but I think everyone is forgetting that Jeff definitively said that it it's a mercy and roadhog couple.
2: Oh yeah, uh, totally forgot about that. We need we need that though. Uh, we we need more in game lore for that. There just needs to be a little bit more, like lore to everything. Uh, we still don't know what's up with Zen. Uh, and it's been what like three four years. <laughs>
1: It's been four years and there's nothing Zen. They just did him so dirty like that. Um, yeah. But Going back to Mercy, um, another thing that was teased in that leak that we talked about last week was that um, some people were saying that the, the pink breast cancer Mercy skin was going to be come back and it was going to be available for purchase. Turns out that obviously it's not. And some people are very upset by that. They're, they're saying get rid of the dragon Mercy and just let us have the pink skin mercy but honestly i don't think they should i think that they should just leave it as an exclusive for that time because it was it's an exclusive skin for the breast cancer awareness thing and to um to bring it back kind of cheapens it for all the people who did buy it and who did support that cause where do you stand on that i mean it's already been um how many years and technically if they brought it back they could uh, make it to purchase and support breast cancer again but Um, they're obviously not going that route
2: it shouldn't be available um i'm gonna make that clear um it was a one-time thing that overwatch did and if you wanted to get it then you would have done it then um and if you weren't in the game like when that event was happening then yeah I, i understand um you might not want to do it um but i did it i was lucky enough to pick it up um, but what I would like to see overwatch do, if they're not going to bring back the breast cancer, mercy skin, start doing it for other causes as well. Like we saw, you remember during the Australian wildfires, we always wanted like, you know, a road hog firefighter skin or, yeah, you know, like a junk rat, um, you know, firefighter skin or something like that. If they did those two skins and like, it was $20 to get both of them, I would have paid it. Like. Uh, like right now would be a really good good time to make like a another maybe biohazard moira or something like that
0: coronavirus uh, sigma night.
2: yeah coronavirus sigma or something like that um where you can at least help like with these events that are happening um with in-game items and if people miss out on it they miss out on it if if people really want to donate to it uh they'll they'll make it happen they'll they'll definitely cough up the money to see it so really like i liked the concept of the breast cancer mercy i feel like they should do it more often and for more causes um if anything it it not only helps overwatch like keep its sustainability but it also gives blizzard like a really good look um saying like you know we are supporting these certain things um especially during a, a health crisis like we what we are right now um so honestly um i wouldn't be mad if they don't bring it back but if they do make sure that it is the same price as what we originally paid um because you know that does cheapen like the whole blow to all of us um who have spent it earlier yeah and like
1: if they did bring it back um i think the whole point was to was to raise money the whole point was to be a charitable donation and the people who are asking it back now they're not asking to have it back so they can donate and and do it for the cause they're asking for it because they want it free in a loot box which i mean it's kind of disrespectful i think
2: yeah if you really wanted it you would have been there um that's, that's just kind there. of a it's just kind of a sorry you missed it kind of deal but honestly if they are going to bring it back they should make it full price um and once again, I do believe that they should expand out to other, like, charitable events and things like that. Um, just imagine, like, hypothetically, if they rode the whole uh, Tiger King thing out and they wanted to, like, save the tigers or something like that. And they just gave, you know, a random character, like, Tracer a cheetah skin or something like that. Like, <laughs> would you go for something like that? Would it, oh, would I'd be, it be so down for that? Like, I would have been just, so down for that. Like little things like that. It's just like you can raise money for a certain cause depending on what you want in that, you know, what you want to bring attention to. Um, but yeah, I do Make agree. With Carol that, Baskin. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Just add a little bit of like incentive for not only players to come back, but also to show that you guys are actually not just sitting around and trying to benefit off of all of us. Like, just saying, like, we are doing something for the community and for the greater good of the world. Um, and it
1: just shows that, that you're in touch with what's happening in pop culture. Like, Tiger King exploded. It went yeah. everywhere. So, I mean, I don't know how long it takes you guys at Blizzard to design a skin, but, I mean, that was going on for a couple weeks. Like, you had a, a decent window to to keep it alive. And, like, also with, um, I think it's Roy from Siegfried and Roy dying. like. Mm-hmm. That also kind of touches on tigers and cats and stuff. So you had a decent window to, to capitalize on um what's happening in pop culture. And I think a lot of people really do like it when fandoms cross over. So yeah. um I think Blizzard definitely needs to needs to do those random drops too, not just when it's scheduled. Yeah. Uh, if, it's probably hard for them considering the workload that they have to do and everything that they do have planned but um if you want to stay relevant it's something that you kind of have to be aware of because pop culture just moves so quickly
2: yeah i have a i have a quick question for you matt what do you have you ever played like a valve game like dota 2 or have any experience with the valve workshop that they have no i actually I ha- haven't i have okay not I
1: wasn't able to as a kid because my mom was scared of internet gameplay.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't blame her for that either. But honestly, um, in Valve and Steam in general, they have a workshop mode for certain games that Valve themselves make available, and essentially, like 3D modelers and sculptors will end up creating items or like in-game um, like pieces for certain characters. And then at a certain point, the, the company, Valve, can say, hey, we really like your model and your design here. It's been upvoted by the community. They really like this concept. Let's bring it into the game. And when they do that, they end up getting a cut of however much they, people pay into getting that skin or getting that like certain aspect of it. So I feel like if Overwatch opened something up like that as well, or like Blizzard in general opened up like, okay, here's the player models for Ash, for Mercy, for everyone, right? Um, And have 3D modelers just be like, hey, you know what? Work with this. If you have a cool concept and like a full 3D render of it, and we like it, we'll pay you for that skin. And then just make that available in like another loot box or like in Mm -hmm. another... Like event skin depending on when it comes so that would for sure get more people involved in trying to create cool skins and actually make a little bit of money off of the game that they like to play Um, but at the same time it will keep people like invested like i remember seeing a concept this is per like one of my favorite concept arts that i saw um it was for Ash and it was like a geisha Ash with a with a uh, sumo wrestler a samurai um Bob and that it was just really cool. cool. It was just a really cool concept and I was like that would have been an amazing addition to this. Um, but we don't know if that will ever make it into the game. We know that there's a lot of people who are thinking up of character designs and adding like little flares to it, but um we Obviously, I don't know what the system is for Overwatch to get a skin into the game um, or their ideas to get it like, you know, live, and make it happen. Yeah. So if they do start saying like, you know what, if you have a good skin, we're going to we'll pay you for the for the concept art and for the rights to use it and then just go for it. Um, I honestly think that would be a cool way or like you could even have it as an annual contest. Like, yeah, that's what I was anniversary saying. event yeah every year yeah the anniversary event would be a really cool way to really celebrate that for overwatch players just being like okay well we have a whole bunch of them that we use every year for certain things but here's a community voted one that we're gonna allow into the game and really push forward speaking of
1: ash skins you know what I i don't play ash but something that would make me play her is if they did like an unofficial crossover skin with um bioshock and have ash be a little sister and then bob be the big daddy
2: yeah i I would be 100 percent down for that one as well dude i love Um, bioshock so much i named
1: my animal crossing island rapture after bioshock so i i would main ash if i got that if that was a skin i would just drop everything and just become ash
2: main just one trick ash yeah there's a lot of skins that like i i was just talking with the group about this there was a ton of skins in heroes of the storm that i wish was brought over to overwatch um like the ones that we've never even seen like i know zarya Zarya, zarya has a a siberian skin like a like a cyber skin that is for the anniversary event but that was like the first year but she has one in heroes of the storm which was like a cyber ninja which was super sick and we're never gonna bring that over to overwatch um, didn't have, didn't
1: even one... have like a demon one that was really cool.
2: Yeah, Diva had a demon one, and one of my favorite ones for Diva was um, they did color palettes of like her regular mech suit, but it was the same colors as um, Asuka and Ray from Neon Genesis. Um, and as a huge anime fan, like being able to pick up those colors was amazing. So I wish that they could bring it over, but I do understand like if it's you know, crossing territory or. You know, you have to get the rights for that. But honestly, it's really not it's just a it's just a recolor. It's not it's not <laughs> like you're changing the mech to look like an Ava unit. It's just a color. Um Genji had a couple of them that were really cool, Tracer had a couple of them that were really nice, but yeah, I wish they brought over those skins um before the game died or even after the game died, so that it commemorates, you know, what Heroes of the Storm was for a little bit. Alright, so this week's
1: Spice Adams update uh was a it was a bit of a step back, I would say, from how well Spice did last week. Uh he and Sideshow watched a defiant versus shock game on Oasis. Um and this was cons- they called this the Battle of the Banfs because um Spice doesn't really know the character names yet or um the player names, so he just saw the Banff on McCree's belt and it's like, oh Banff. So they refer to him as Bamf, and this episode was focused on like the McCrees dueling it out, and how um, whoever was playing McCree was the playmaker. Um, he the the one highlight I would say from this episode is he there was a little bit where he did slow mo commentary, and like they slowed down the video and then spiced it commentary in slow mo, that was really weird and just complete utter foolishness but it was funny and I'm starting to warm up more to watching these just because they're so bizarre and they're just so clearly like product placement for Pringles. And it's, it's just a very overt attempt at staying relevant and trying to like bring in traditional sports viewers. Although I doubt any traditional sports viewers are even watching this right now. Um, Overall commentary wise, he did better last week with trying to keep up with everything. Um, it is such a fast game though and with teams like the defiant and the shock playing like the defiant won this map so it was a very very quick thing in general but
2: uh i, I mean at least he's trying at least he's uh he, he's playing along yeah he's taking a shot at these and obviously it's really difficult to cast a game that you don't know um you may think oh well you know you just Yell whatever you see on screen, but there is a certain like level of proficiency that takes you a while to really get under your belt. Um, my best example, honestly, is if you watch Tony Romo at the very beginning of his commentating career. Like he's a smart guy. Like he, he's definitely you know he's a quarterback. He understands how the play is gonna go. He understands what the other team is gonna do, and what the counter play is. Um, and he's just very knowledgeable. But when he was first starting out, he was very hesitant to talk about certain things or he wasn't like really dissecting it the way how we're used to hearing it. So it does take a little bit of time to get familiar with it. Like even if you're familiar with it, being able to express it is something else. So if it was you instead of
1: sideshow trying to teach spice Adams, how to commentate overwatch and him being he come he comes from a football background so he knows how to commentate and he knows sports um Mm -hmm. how would you have taught him how to um commentate on this and what would you differently what would you do differently than um sideshows doing
2: so honestly the the best way to teach someone who isn't like into the game is the Tell them, first of all, like, the it's okay to not know the names of the character. Like, if you know the names of the characters, it's cool, right? And stuff, but, like, you could say, like, the cowboy shot, you know, the monkey in the face, right? Like, we know what happened there. Like, we know, yo, McCree got a headshot on the Winston. Like, us as, you know, players understand that a little bit better. I would say don't focus so much on, you know what what is going on this is actually a point that as a commentator i try to avoid as much as possible but for a person who's trying to warm up to it um it's actually a good strategy and that is to watch the kill feed um you watch the kill feed so you can say like oh this person killed this person right you can say like like even if you don't know anything about it you're like okay this person eliminated this person but this person eliminated that person you're kind of guiding the the eye that way um and then later on once you realize okay what does that kill mean like what what is the why why is that important right you just start learning about you know why certain things work um and yeah that that's probably the easiest way to say it um overwatch is a very complex game there's a lot of things going on on screen sometimes like you don't know what's going on 80 percent of the time Um, you remember during double shield meta, when we had the Symmetra meta, it was literally like 50 barriers all going up at the same time. Uh, you don't know you're having a rave, like on the point, you don't know (laughs) know, which side am I supposed to be shooting on? What side of the barrier am I on? Which barrier is this? Whose barrier is this? Like all those questions come into play, but when it is more linear, um, it's just easier to just say, okay, Yeah you know the soldier the soldier shot the fast girl right like just a quick finish there like it we understand what's going on but it's okay to be a little bit slower on the call
1: what's he doing right
2: as a for the, for the limited casting he's done what is he doing correct he's calling it at the right tempo which is something that honestly it took me a while to figure out um I I had a PowerPoint presentation on this like a while ago, but like the tempo of a game is completely different depending on not only the meta, but the way how like, you know, a certain game is going down. Like you're not going to call the first quarter of a basketball game the same way you would call the last minute of a basketball game. Right. Right. Like you're calling it with a certain amount of tempo and hype because you know that one team, Like during the first quarter, they're willing to take their time, fill each other out, figure out like, okay, this is what it's going to be later down the line. And then if it's a close game with like, you know, five minutes left in the game, the pace is going to pick up. You have to learn like, you know, okay. They're getting close to not being able to win this match, but he's, he's realizing that at least where it's like, okay, so this is happening here. This is a very slow pickup. And then ultimates are coming on and he's like, okay, I can pick it up a bit. What does this mean? And then he slows down again and then he you pick it up again. So it's more like he understands the rhythm of the game. It's just like calling the things when it happens is the hardest part.
1: If you could have like any any caster of any sport, like your dream caster alongside you, and you had to teach them how to do esports, who would it be? Who would I want? I would okay. Oh, that's tough. Or just any sport figure, like they don't even have to be like a caster because any... like
2: Yeah. Honestly, I think I would vibe well with Clay Thompson from the Warriors. Okay, okay. I think, I think him and I would like have a really solid like one-two. Um,
1: Going with the Golden State Warriors on this.
2: Yeah, I, I'm. I grew up in the Bay Area. I liked it when the Warriors sucked uh, a long time <laughs> ago. Uh, so I really do appreciate like you know the Bay Area crew. Um, I know Larry Hughes has his own podcast on believe as well so yeah I, i'm looking i'm looking at you as well i remember i remember those days I used to play with antoine jamison i was I was in the crowd used to get a free cookie from a dude named charles every week he was he was cool <laughs> but anyways like totally getting off topic charles there was a, there was a concession stand guy who knew my dad and he we would just chat and then he would be like hey you want a cookie i'm like yeah and I'm, I'm only like four or five so i i would remember like getting that every time so honestly like being able to sit next to somebody and you know their tempo um is probably the most important part like i know clay thompson's tempo is kind of like yeah we're going to keep this going he's more of a color commentator and i'm willing to take the fast play-by-play he can like it's more like i feel like we'd vibe well like if we had to do a casting duo thing um if, if I was, like, the analyst desk, like, the halftime show thing, though, I I would not put anyone else beside me other than, like, you know, Shaq and Chuck. Like, <laughs> the, that would be... That's just, like, an amazing combo to have in any sport. Like They have such good banter. I, yeah, exactly. Like, they go back and forth because, you know, they they were rivals, and they're just good entertainers in general. But, like, people forget, like shaq is a co-owner of nrg like he's he's in the world of esports a bit so i forgot about that yeah the the funniest thing though if you guys remember uh i think it was espn or something uh esl had like a mini segment or like a they were showing a tournament on like i think it was like espn2 um but shaq was in a bunch of commercials for like csgo and it was weird because I remember watching it online or like watching it live on TV. And I'm like, wait, why is Shaq like on Dust 2 right now? Like, what is what is he doing? <laughs> and then I remembered like, oh, wait, yeah, he's really into esports. He has this whole background, too. So, um, yeah, it's kind of cool to see that.
1: Would you cast with Spice Adams if given the opportunity to?
2: I think I would give it a shot. Um, But honestly, solo casting is probably very difficult to do it is a very difficult thing to do especially as a a new caster like most of the time you do have like one or another like you're either color commentating or you're um you're either color or play by play and you could break it up that way but um yeah i would definitely let him figure out like which one does he want more does he want to call the action that's happening on screen and bring the excitement or does is he willing to take a step and like learn why this thing is happening and why it's important to the game um and then you know take it down take it down that way
1: you should invite him to one of your tournaments and just have him have him do that invite him to
2: (laughs) aren't you i would i would love to i would i'm down to have literally anybody as a co-caster um i found that out over the course of playing a ton of games that you have a lot of different experiences depending on who you have as a co-caster um like there's some people who you're like yeah this, this person is just really excited like some people are just really excited to talk about a game other people are more like professional and willing to break it down for you um there's other people who want to just talk for ten years, and then you realize, wait, I haven't said anything in like two minutes, but I guess that's fine. Uh, there, there have been moments like that, but like as long as you kind of know what the game is and what you're doing, I'm I'm down to cast with you. Just let just let me know where and when.
1: Okay, so I've got two more things to talk about. I know Kevin, you found some stuff to talk about as well. Um, so I woke up this morning to a very surprising bit of news that Overwatch was featured in American Dad, the the television show by Seth MacFarlane. Um, So it's episode 6 of season 17. It's called Brave Noob World. Um, And so the basis of this episode is that um, Stan and Steve are are supposed to be having father-son time, uh, but Stan keeps getting called away from work and he doesn't really care about spending time with uh, Steve. And what happens is they're supposed to be trying to assassinate this general from north korea and the only time he ever comes out in public is for a big esports tournament in china and it turns out that the game that they're playing is overwatch and so they're like learning how to play overwatch and um they, at first they really suck they're getting demolished by team canada but i guess someone from their r&d department like follows the korean team home and like drains their dna and gets all their their reaction time and injects it into their brain so they're all of a sudden really good and they like whoop on china um but like and in the end they uh they don't manage to win like they manage to bungle up the game and also they don't get their target and this whole thing about like chinese ice cream being the best ice cream in the world and aliens have to like recreate the earth because it's destroyed in nuclear holocaust because of of the assassination attempt on the the korean general and they have to reprint the earth and whatnot but um it's a really weird episode and obviously someone on the staff is very much a fan of overwatch they had like actual footage of them being played they're actually using a lot of the real terminology like uh splitting focus or uh tanks and like healers or or whatnot and like the actual names of the uh the characters um so if you haven't seen it and you're a fan of Overwatch, like even if you're not a fan of American Dad, I think it's something that you'd appreciate just
2: because of um esports and and you liking this game. Yeah, I just watched this episode literally before we went live. Um I thought it was really clever in a way um as, you know, an esports commentator and a fan of Overwatch League, I thought it was funny. Um like you know it's just like oh yeah you have to disguise yourselves as a bunch of teenagers like to to get in and i'm like you have to vape a lot of mango get, vape juice mango vape and i'm like oh wait yeah that's true uh, but honestly it is it's funny it's it's just a really funny like thing that they wrote it around overwatch in the league and how it how it works that way but yeah they're they're, they do call out certain heroes by certain things uh it is correct in that format um there was i think there's only one hiccup that i like saw and it kind of jumped at me um they were looking at somebody's like gameplay screen and it was like an overhead like you know bird's eye fly cam yeah and i was like wait you can't fly cam when you're dead or like <laughs> you only see perspectives or like replays yeah. of what happened so um i was like that's, also, a, that's this the was one thing for the
1: 222 lock i'm guessing well like the yeah like, they were they're talking about the game before it was 222 rollock, even though it just released i think probably last night um yeah
2: so honestly like if they updated their footage then yeah that would yeah. be cool but i do they're understand running goats. like
1: they're running i think they're running a goats meta right there because it's like what three tanks and i think one yep. dps and two healers or something they said
2: yeah something like that like they were talking about a very like you know heavy composition on the front end there wasn't any 222 roll lock for sure like they were running winston Rhine or something like that and i'm like dude that doesn't work right now <laughs> like you can't run w- Winston Ryan. They had a widow, I think, at one point, and then, like, three supports. And I'm like, yeah, that- that's not how it works.
1: Meanwhile, um, this this would have been, like, a perfect opportunity to talk about esports, but, like, John Oliver had a segment um, on Sunday about, like, sports in the world of corona, and, like, he very, very briefly, like, for, like, two seconds mentions that, like, ESPNers are... are- ESPN and whatever other sports networks are out there are like having people play like the virtual forms of their games. So they're like playing FIFA or um uh 2K NBA. Um but he like didn't mention anything about esports, which like he didn't have to because it like it's his show and they hopefully they talk about it in another episode. But like that would have that, that's such a huge part about sports in the corona age is that esports is still Able to function, and it doesn't have all those um kind of drawbacks that traditional sports would need. Like you don't have to be physically there; you don't need to like set up actual cameras and have a real camera crew. People can work from home and and use the internet. Although he did talk about marble racing, which I've seen it and it's high key
2: fantastic. Dude, I love marble racing. Not gonna lie, like th- there are things in this world that deserve more attention and marble racing is definitely one of them uh i i used to watch those during like our break at during when i when i was working at a restaurant we would watch those during during the break and low-key would be like i'm gonna bet on this just for fun and we put a couple bucks in a pool and just watch a bunch of marbles go down a hill and <laughs> It, it was amazing though, but like so I love good. marble racing. Like you,
1: you, it sounds so stupid, it sounds so stupid, but it's so good.
2: It's not until you sit down and watch a couple of the races that you totally get absorbed into it. Like most people are like, "Oh no, this is stupid." Like, why would you ever, why would you ever watch a bunch of you know marbles go down a hill? It's like it's the same thing as watching horse racing, man. It's like, oh yeah, you definitely. don't know, you don't know the outcome, you don't know the horses ahead of time. You just pick it according to its name. And the cool thing about it, it's, this like it's is, not even the
1: humans doing the work. It's the horse. Yeah.
2: It's a horse doing the work, but like, this is even better because there's no animals involved. You just, you going to run this at any time during the day. And you're never going to have yeah, a news release go. about like
1: horse, like marbles dying on at a, at a marble track. Like you have horses dying at these horse tracks all the
2: time. Yeah, exactly. So like this should replace horse racing. Marble racing is the next horse racing. Uh, you can't have like I, I get... runners being like
1: drugged up like you, you have got that stuff and then you, you're never gonna have a, a headline about like championship
2: marble racer like loses crown because of doping. It's all regulated by like one guy who, who makes sure that everything <laughs> is everything's even and fair, you know. Um honestly, I really do enjoy marble racing, but I do think that this was a missed opportunity for him to mention esports and Obviously, the huge boom that it's had over the course of this coronavirus era, um, I know that a lot of people are still saying like, "No, I don't want to." Like, they're they're very hesitant about the validity of esports and it as a kind of sport in general to compare it like hand in hand. But at the same time, is a force of com- it's a form of competitive entertainment where you don't know the outcome at any given point, and it it's exciting in that form. It's the same reason why you, why we watch like, you know, boxing matches and everything else. Like you don't know the outcome. It's not scripted. Like this is going to happen. Like you, you never know. There's always comebacks. There's always uh, insane plays, like things that you will remember for the rest of your life. Like I, I remember where I was like during evil moment 37, like I I'm, I'm not like for sure like remembering you know everything else that led up to that but i remember watching that moment and being like this this is going down in history like um if you don't know what evil moment 37 is it is the moment where daigo umahara played in a street fighter a street fighter third impact tournament against justin Wong. um he had literally a pixel of health and in order to win it like He had to do a 15-hit parry, which is, like... Essentially, you have to walk forward into a 15-hit combo at the moment that it would hit you. And then he followed it up with his own combo to win that match. It is... It's the same thing as, like, watching, like, a World Series ending, like, Grand Slam or something like that. But this is, like, for sure it. So... I um, suck
1: at fighting games, even though I play them a lot, and that's that. That makes it even more impressive to me because I could never do that. Like I try, I've tried playing Mortal Kombat online a couple times. I get trounced every time. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. I think you're definitely right. Like I still remember that big C nine between San Francisco
2: and the rain. Yeah, you don't forget those moments. Like there's a reason why you know there's a reason why it's called a C nine. Okay, <laughs> like it's not called you know a a sh- well it could be called a shock now but like there's like certain moments that are named certain things it's it's a still it's the same reason why we still you know call certain things certain things like we don't call uh we call like missed shots a brick we call like certain things happening certain things because it has happened in the past and we we all acknowledge it
1: yeah now uh, hopefully that Hopefully they, they look into esports in the future because I, the the last week tonight show is really good at highlighting obscure things and bringing public attention to them, and just with how big esports is getting, I definitely think that it's not not just speaking from a biased experience, but like coming as someone who used to be a detractor of esports who didn't used to think it really counted. Like, there's a lot you can learn just by doing a little bit of research into it. And now it's my job to know esports. Hooray!
2: Yeah, uh, I do want to like if John Oliver needs a ra- like a writer for a piece like that, uh, uh, hit us up. We're 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 available. Uh, this this virus That's, doesn't oh, stop yeah. us from from writing. But honestly, um, dude, I have a John Oliver Funko Pop. Yes, I love John Oliver <laughs> so much. So like the one thing that like th- this is I'm gonna go a little bit off topic here, but go for it. One of the one of the things that I wanted to discuss in terms of um like the esports world is how hard it is to actually break in and i'm having this wall uh-huh. right now like i've i've done multiple like tournaments and other events like that that i'm so used to but at i'm at a certain point where people either don't want to pay for the casters or don't want to pay for essentially like the people who run the show But instead, they want to pay the players, and they want to make sure that the prize pool and everything else is working, right? So, like, for example, like V-Flight, he won't take a job anymore unless he knows that there's some sort of benefit to it, other than, you know, exposure or whatever, right? Um, Because, honestly, it is very difficult for people like me and other casters who are at about my level to even get a position that is paid. So... Yeah. I find it kind of, it's kind of sad that I I need to say like, Hey, I should get paid for the work that I'm doing. <laughs> right. Of course. Um, yeah. But at, at the same time, like I need people to realize that I, I have the talent to be able to do it. So it, it is a 50, 50, like you have to, you have to work for free for a while before you start even getting in touch with people who have money who are willing to pay you. Um, which yeah, it, it's very difficult. Like I did do Overwatch Open Division for a while. I did do NA, um, like North America and European Open Division as a caster, um, but that doesn't pay. And that's that's Blizzard tier three. Like even tier two barely gets paid. Like I talked to people like Lemon Kiwi, you know the Boobasaurus combo. Like they get paid a little bit. But it's not anything that they could like live off of completely. Um and then Overwatch League, obviously we've seen turnaround of casters and talent coming into season three. So we understand like there's a whole other aspect of this esports world that barely gets any attention, but it's necessary and important for literally like the whole viewing experience. Like you can have a tournament, right? yeah you could have a whole tournament and it just happens right but you won't have anybody watching it unless you have a camera like somebody who's piloting the camera in game and commentators to keep it interesting like yeah cool we could watch gameplay footage for of half an hour of just teams shooting at each other but like where are you gonna get your right shots where where's the Where's the fun of that? Essentially, we might as well just flick on a Twitch stream and just watch Yeah, some kid just pop off there. You need the casters
1: um, for context.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it's very difficult, at least right now for up and coming casters to break in Um, because it's either we got shut out at the door because there's somebody else who has background in sports or like in a certain field that's gotten there already. Or, um, by the time that we get to it the game becomes obsolete and then we have to find something else so it's it's very tough but i'm slowly getting there i'm trying to get there but i don't think it's like a full-on like profitable experience until you get to like the top of the of the pyramid right. essentially
1: dude when, whenever this overwatch season is over or if there's a break in the season we should totally like try to get Lemon Kiwi on to talk about her experience on that. That'd be really cool.
2: Yeah, I I would love to get in touch with them again. Um, they they are busy and still doing you know more contender stuff. So, um, it will take take a bit of uh wrangling if I can grab anyone. For sure. Um.
1: Okay. So moving on. Uh, we that was a long long tired of other topics but also somehow still very relevant to what we were talking about um so my last bit of news before your stuff kevin is i i really don't know why this happened but the ign website who does if you don't know ign um they're just really big in pop culture gaming news all that stuff um but they revisited overwatch to review it again um they reviewed the game back when it first came out in 2016 they gave it a 9.4 overall score it won the ign game of the year award the only real downside that they mentioned was how there's a bit of a lack of of options and features like how in other shooters like in halo um they cited like you can choose a map and have different game modes on the map um they said that while overwatch doesn't have this and it makes um Maps more streamlined and more intuitive. Like, it is a feature that they were missing. Um, So, overall, a very positive score. They re-reviewed it in 2020. This review was posted today um, at 6 a.m. Pacific time. And they gave it a 10 out of 10. And for me, it looks like the reason that they did... It's a different reviewer, first off. So, um, different criteria in in what they think of the game. But really, what they... (laughs) um what they were talking about i guess what made it a 10 out of 10 this time is that there's just all this added content and that it's gone through some changes now like they they like the 222 they like how um we have a bunch of different heroes in a bunch of different maps now so like yay that it's getting all this positivity still like facing all the uh the negativity and and question that's coming from the Overwatch league itself um people still like the game Um, i'm wondering if they did this just because of the anniversary event and if so why are you waiting until year four to look at it again um i'm very confused but also like glad for this review i'm not sure what it adds i don't think anyone who didn't get it in the past is gonna get it now because it got 0.6 higher
2: yeah no i i think that it was good as is like we we don't need this review it's it's kind of it's kind of late it, it's nice and all like yay overwatch is getting a good review right now but at the same time what is this going to help like are we going to sell more copies of overwatch i don't i don't think that's the case i think if they pocketed this and then just came back when overwatch 2 drops then yeah that would make sense where they're like, okay, this is the state of overwatch right now. Then when overwatch two drops, they're like, okay, now we review overwatch two and how, how much is it like overwatch one and stuff like that. But right now it just feels kind of, kind of late. It's like, not
1: even that it's like, it's not adding anything like it, it won game of the year from IGN. It got a 9.4, which like, that's a fair review. Like it's, it's still, an excellent game when it came out there were just some issues that it had like that's perfectly fine what are you trying to do here are you trying to like score brownie points with blizzard
2: yeah that's what i'm saying like is this for yeah, who who's who that blizzard is paying ign to do this review uh it it's good like the game is okay where it is right now it's just there's some things that are just shiny and people are going to gravitate toward shiny new things but at the same time like you are going to have your solid base you're still gonna have your good player base um we're gonna be loyal to your game like that's just how it is just keep the servers alive and we'll keep playing
1: would you give this game a 10 out of 10 if you're if you were the ign raider would you give overwatch a 10 as it stands right now
2: uh as it stands right now probably not i this is my personal opinion i'd give it like an 8.5 out of 10 just because like they were and still are a little slow when it came to like updating us on certain aspects of the game like the the whole goats thing like we had ghosts for like almost like half a year or something like that or like a year we had died for like a year um right now like they're just kind of throwing stuff at us like we we saw you know with the the hero bands and the hero pools and then they took it away and then they're only bringing it back for like for grandmasters and above and then they're taking it away and then they're taking a map away they took away hero pools it's more like they they're not as structured and that's one of the things that at least for me i feel like hurts the community a little bit um we kind of like seeing certain things go a certain way um and we also like having our creativity so i i do understand like if 222 kind of turned some people off but at the same time it was kind of necessary to prevent you know goats from ever happening again um we are going to have competitive open queue coming in what early july or something like that so yeah we have to worry about that if you're going to play a competitive queue like that
1: i also would give it like an 8.5 maybe a nine at the highest i just for me, it's it's kind of similar to what you're talking about, but for me, it's that they're just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Like the um, hero pools, they they did so many different changes to that, and I feel like had they actually just sat down and talked to it and had a focus group, I I don't think like they're, I don't feel like they're doing that. They're not going in and seeing what the community wants. They they think they know what we want, but they're not actually like having people try it and testing it out beforehand they're just like uh, patch it up we'll fix it if it needs fixing and then the next week here's another fix and the next week here's another fix um so that's to me what what prevents it from getting that 10
2: they just keep kind of changing things up on us and it's too unpredictable um but other than that i still love overwatch as a game like in terms of gameplay wise uh you're never gonna get an experience like this in. A lot of other shooters there's not a lot of other class shooters that really give you a whole like tank mentality or like a a role like a tank like we've had sh- dps and healers in like tf2 and stuff like that but like being the pacemaker as like a tank or playing like how do you explain winston to somebody who's played like modern warfare for their entire life it's like yeah we're it's, it's a shooter game but yeah there's also a monkey from the moon with a jetpack who also has a massive taser like what <laughs> like oh yeah i play as a small korean girl inside of a mech uh like i play as a hamster inside of a hamster ball that could also swing from the ceiling who's also from the moon it's like yeah no <laughs> they're, they're not traditional characters but they are something that you know makes overwatch unique in its own way
1: yeah definitely the character design um the care the what lore we do have except for someone like poor old zen um is definitely something that i think that blizzard does very well and it's definitely what attracted a lot of people to this game is um just the ability i guess to identify with the characters that you're playing as and playing against and with All right, so you have some news, Kevin, that you wanted to talk about.
2: Yes, yes, yes. There is a lot of changes uh, in terms of the rosters for the Overwatch League. Um, I've been keeping a pulse on it for a while, um, but everybody is wondering what is happening with the with the Vancouver Titans and their old roster. We know that they have been released, um, but we got a lot of news, uh, like where people are landing and where they're going um the first one is after cory and stratus left um it left a gap in the washington justice which was then filled by two vancouver titan players uh we ha- they now have stitch and janu who are also on that team for now they played last week um or you know in this week that we're covering um but they're on two-week contracts so we'll see if they decide to stay Um, if the justice want to keep them on for a while, or if they are just going to stick around just to stick around for a little bit, um, slime was signed by the soul dynasty. So, um, they have another layer of, uh, healing and support on their side for that. So good on slime staying there. Um, then we had the whole, uh, earlier we learned that architect from the San Francisco shock was going to be traded when I first heard the news, uh, they didn't tell us where he was going. Um, but the Spark did put out that comic a little early, um, which showed um him rejoining Godsby back in uh back on um the the Spark and saying like welcome back, this is the X six Academy team. And that's originally where they picked up Architect from the um from the what's it called the uh new york excelsior academy team um so him and godsby rejoined back for the spark so now architect is on the Hongzhou spark and twilight uh from the vancouver titans once their enemy has now joined the san francisco shock as their new off support player um so yeah there's that's a lot of Updates on where certain players are talking about like landing or where they are, where they have landed. Um, still big questions about where's Hoxall. Um People are discussing certain things. Um, there's rumors of him wanting to join a team that has a positive record. Um, he says that he's open to be on any any team um, as long as they're willing to accept him and he has a form and way of communicating with the team at all times. Um, so uh, I don't want to say like he's got to land somewhere insane. Um, but we will see, you know, where the rookie of the year decides to land. But this does change a couple of things in terms of like the architecture of, you know, the Overwatch League. We We have the Vancouver Titans roster, which has been released um fissure still hasn't been picked up Hong hasn't been picked up um bumper from last year still hasn't been picked up there's a lot of there's a lot of characters and players who are still out there that uh want a team to land on so keep an eye out for that i feel like there's going to be a lot of shakeups and changes uh later down the line um especially after this midseason tournament if this tournament means anything it means um it will not only like Show the Vancouver Titans, like the ex runaways team, uh, what teams are strong and what to look for. It will also kind of give incentive for them to, you know, pick and choose who they want to be with. And then also, uh, what players might get released or signed away and might, you know, move on after the midseason tournament. So it's a lot to look forward to. And it's going to be really interesting to see where you know, certain characters and certain players land, um, especially after next week, I feel like that's going to be a big time to see some contracts fly.
1: I'm just really glad to see that they're not stuck in limbo and that they did at least temporarily get signed. Cause that was one of my biggest worries is that after leaving the team, they're, they're stuck in limbo forever, like poor bumper. And they either just leave overwatch or they're they're just there waiting for someone to pick them up and they never do. Um, it was it is a risk that they took by, I guess, breaking contract with the Titans. But it looks like right now, for at least for most of the team, it was for the best.
2: I think after the mid tournament, we'll have a very good pulse on where certain players are going to be landing.
1: If anything from all of these movement announcements, my favorite one is how the Spark announced that they'd be picking up Architect. Um, they did a crossover with Animal Crossing and it's architect saying, all right, done deal, I'm there, pack me up in a crate and ship me off to the Hangzhou Spark. And he's like packing up his, his little house and he's wearing his shock jersey. Um, so yeah, I think that that made me feel good inside. This, those are like the two, aside from like the adventure games I'm playing, Like those are the two main things that I'm doing in quarantine is Overwatch and Animal Crossing. So I think that was probably the best way that they could have announced this
2: yeah and honestly like whoever's handling the pr for for the spark i i like your aesthetic not gonna lie uh just just keep it up do do the cute animal crossing stuff and also keep doing the uh the match drawings like they have one where they every single time before they start like their match they'll tweet out like this picture of them versus their opponent and then, depending, even if oh, they yeah, lose, they have like I've something already prepared. Yeah, it's just really cute. Like I, I like the aesthetic of that. So keep it up. Um, I'm glad Architect is going to be in good hands. Uh, I can't. I honestly can't wait to see him and gushwe on the same team. I think that's going to be insane. I think that wraps it up for Overwatch news.
1: Cool, cool. Um, well, thanks guys for tuning into the news segment. Um, please be sure to tune into our. Uh, gameplay segment where we're going to be talking about the last week of the qualifiers for the may tournament which i guess now is being called the may melee even though for the last three weeks they haven't called it that at all um lots of changes that happened this week a lot of um rather strange gameplay so please tune in to listen to that see you next week
2: Next week, we watch the midseason tournament and any more roster surprises.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.
0: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.